Hey Jeepers, on this week's XJ Talk Show, we hear about what Jeep brought to this year's SEMA show and the rumors of a Grand Wagoneer have been confirmed. We hear from our first NOCO Genius Boost Jumpstarter giveaway winner. There's some voicemails to share. We spread some of that YouTube love as well. Steve 4.3 LXJ gives us a look back into history with another Jeep Archives. Josh talks about exhaust leaks and an upcoming wheeling trip. And I bring you guys up to speed on my engine rebuild and my 98 Cherokee. All on this week's XJ Talk Show. The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you. Bienvenidos al XJ Talk Show. Un podcast acerca de aventuras off-road en Jeep Cherokees y entrevistas con los que manejan y mueven el mundo de las carreras off-road. Ahora, aquí están sus presentadores, Tony y Josh. First week in the SEMA show ended during the recording of last week's XJ Talk Show. The annual Las Vegas held event this year was from November 3rd through the 6th. If you're a gearhead or an automotive enthusiast of any kind, then plan your trip for next year, as this event is just one part of Automotive Aftermarket Industry Week in Las Vegas, a vacation I'm sure any of you grease monkeys out there would definitely enjoy. The big dog this year was Ford's aluminum at body, aluminum body F-150, a direction Jeep has been, uh, been threatening to go uh, with the Wrangler for, well, several months now. And while Jeep certainly had some new customs on display at this year's Specialty Equipment Market Association show, it wasn't afraid to recycle a few that people might have missed from earlier this year. The maker of many beloved off-roaders already displayed the Jeep Cherokee Dakar, Maximum Performance Wrangler, and Wrangler Mojo at the 2014 Easter Jeep Safari. But they all made it to SEMA for an encore. Based around the Trailhawk, the Cherokee Dakar Im imagines even an even more off-road capable version of the crossover. A starting point I personally believe they should have began with from the get-go. You know, because it's not like they have a name badge or a reputation to live up to or anything. The concept wears a mix of silver steel, silver steel satin, easy for me to say, paint with flame red graphics and rides on 17-inch wheels wrapped in 33-inch BF Goodrich mud terrain tires. That's right. I said 33s under a new Cherokee. Blasphemous as it may be, they managed to stuff those big-ass shoes into those teeny itty-bitty wheel wells. To back up the rugged look, and I use that term very loosely in this case, the Dakar is fitted with rock rails and skid plates protecting the oil pan, front suspension, fuel tank, and other underbody parts that we are all assuming are made of plastic, if not paper mache. It all sports prototype parts from Jeep Performance Parts, including a lift kit and fender flares, items which are likely only in existence because of the never-ending barrage of bashing from a certain Jeep-related podcast. The Wrangler is one of the kings of off-roading, and as the name suggests, the maximum performance Wrangler concept is meant to be the ultimate example of what it can do. The custom Jeep features locking Dana 60 axles, front and rear, 4-to-1 rock track transfer case, prototype 4-inch lift kit, and 37-inch mud terrain tires wrapped around beadlock wheels. To stay on the trails well into the night, a bar of LEDs is mounted above the windshield, and finally, the Mopar blue exterior kind of makes the whole thing look like the world's toughest blueberry. Last but not least, the Wrangler Mojo offers a bit more compromise between the street and the trails. As a 2-inch lift kit, Dana 44 locking axles front and rear, and a 4-to-1 rock track transfer case. Plus, the 3.6-liter V6 has a cold air intake and new exhaust. 
Its orange paint certainly grabs attention, and the color is matched with short bumpers and painted flat-top fenders from G-Performance. Lighting is aided by prototype LED headlights and fog lights. That's right, I said prototype. These are likely going to make it to off-road shop shelves in the near future. If you guys like to see some of the pictures of these three SEMA Show Jeep concept vehicles, head over to SEMAshow.com. And if you'd like to see the vehicle which won this year's coveted Showstopper Award, do a quick Google image search for Fab Fours Legend. That's Fours spelled F-O-U-R-S. That's Fab Fours Legend. An an off-the-showroom floor Wrangler that was built up in less than three months, specifically for the SEMA show by Fab Force Customs and boasts very unique body modifications as well as 50-inch tires. Yet the legend stands only 6 feet 2 inches tall to its highest point. Now that's what I call a nice low center of gravity build. Return of the Jedi. Okay, maybe it's not Star Wars, but another familiar name badge is coming back. Several months back, we reported that a new Jeep Grand Wagoneer was on the way and that it would provide a competitive capstone to the American company's strengthening lineup. A new report out this week confirms Jeep's plans. And it's clear that the Wagoneer has developed into something of a passion project for brand CEO Michael Manley. I know you guys have heard that name before. We've brought him up several times. He says, I think that vehicle will very, very effectively compete with premium SUVs. He said, I've always talked about Grand Wagoneer, and that for me is a big focus, and we'll fill out the brand at the top. The new Wagoneer will likely be the largest vehicle under the Jeep banner and feature three rows of seating, which will pit it against head-to-head with the Land Rover Discovery, and that's something that Manley is perfectly comfortable with. With Grand Cherokee, we've proven we can compete at the very premium end of the segment, he continued. But Range Rover is the only pure SUV brand in the world meaning they don't make any other vehicles other than SUVs. So they will always be competition. One note of concern would be the forthcoming Maserati Levante SUV. That's right, I said Maserati SUV, which, like the Wagoneer, sits under the Fiat Chrysler automobile's roof. According to Manley, both luxury SUVs can exist independently without cannibalizing sales from one another. Maserati and Jeep are two very different brands, he says. I have zero sleepless nights about the launch of their vehicles. Levante will play a part in the market that Jeep is not playing in. In any case, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jeep will be putting into this new vehicle, both technology-wise as well as drivetrain-wise. Hey, if you would like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep, or if you have a response to any one of our stories on This Week in Jeep, please give us a call or send an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJTalk. Take XJTalk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJTalk fix. Hey guys, this is Andy from IronMan4x45.com, also known as Iron Man Andy, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos.
Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash xjtalkshow. Hey guys, I want to take just a moment and uh, introduce uh, ourselves. I know that uh, we do have some new uh, viewers and listeners occasionally. Uh, well, actually every week I would, I would from the numbers that, that, that I'm seeing. Uh, I'm Tony. Uh, you know me as Motoroy on xgtalk.com, and uh, this is my co-host now for, what, Josh, two years? Oh, God, it's been at least, yeah, a couple couple years or so, and uh, I've been a member of xjtalk.com for uh, for many, many years. You guys can find me over there as NW99XJ or Northwest99XJ, and I'm always there uh, perusing around in the chat room every now and again there on our main page, and, uh, well, of course, uh, providing technical insight and and help to those who need it as well as Many, many other people. That's why we call it the the world's most premier Jeep site, because there is a ton of tech, a lot of professionals, and plenty of good advice, all while there is zero flaming whatsoever. You think you might have a stupid question about that Jeep you just bought? No such thing over at xjtalk.com. Post away, guys. We recently had somebody actually post up in their thread worried that they might be overposting. Now, I'm not sure where they got that idea from. That <laughs> term doesn't even exist. Doesn't even exist over at xtalk.com. Post away, guys. In fact, we encourage it very much so. Try and get as many posts as you can in one day. See if you can beat your record. <laughs> yeah, there's no giveaway, but damn it, we sure appreciate it. Yeah, uh, this can't reiterate enough. I mean, xjtalk.com is the, the reason why we're here. It's why you see the banner behind both of uh, both of us. So we like talking about Jeeps. We like having fun on the show. We do these little uh, little segments, but we're here to, to promote xjtalk.com. Uh, the only reason why we're here. So uh, if, uh, if you don't like the forum experience and, you know, uh, we certainly understand why you wouldn't give us a try and see if it's any different. Uh, you get help over there, and uh, I think you'll I think you will find that it's more of what you expected uh, to find in a forum: uh, friendly folks and and helpful folks. So give us a shot. Well, Josh, it's a little time. It's a time for a little love, not you know oh. nothing nothing uh, you know between you and me, just for the YouTube stuff. So uh, let's get well, to that. We do. To keep this PG-13, after all. <laughs> now, we do have some of that YouTube love to spread around, and this is the part of the show where we do just that, where we pay a little homage and give a shout-out to a few select YouTube subscribers. Now, these are in no particular order. Chances are, the name that we call out here in this list may have subscribed six months ago. Who knows? In any case, we pull a few out of that list, and that list is growing all the time. Well over 650 subscribers, and we're knocking on the door of 200,000 views. So keep up the great work, and make sure you're telling a friend. First on our list, Tony, who do we got? TJ, excuse me, TJE, kick-ass number two. We've got Thor, triple seven, MX. Roger Jr., and Hakeem Walker, or Hakeem Walker. Actually, I have no idea either way. H. Walker, thank ha- you. Hakeem, <laughs> Hakeem. <laughs> yep, thanks for uh, subscribing to us on uh, YouTube. You can do the same thing, youtube.com slash xjtalk. Well, Josh, how about a little voicemail, a little Nikki G, a little, uh, uh, he talks about some of our sound effects that we use, and, uh, well, I'm not gonna spoil it. We'll uh, we'll just listen to G- to Nikki G's uh, comment first. Hey, this is Tony, and this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our twenty four seven voice line. Yes, we do. 
Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at The Beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I want to say it's uh, Thanksgiving's around the corner, and it's uh, one time a year where Tony can actually use the turkey call button on the soundboard and have a legitimate reason for it. Uh, their uh, Amazon is uh, building a distribution center uh, just down the road from my house. So when you buy from Amazon.com, not only are you helping the show, but uh, you're helping my neighbors leave the tax burden just a little bit when I don't pay my taxes. <laughs> yep. Got to let that one sink in a little bit. All right. I'll uh, catch you guys later. You have a good one. Bye. I suspect that if if Amazon's going to have a big distribution center around Nikki G's house, I can see Nikki G in his retirement years sitting on the porch with a, a 12-gauge uh, shotgun, drinking a beer, and shooting at drones as they fly by, <laughs> doing some fr- doing some porch hunting. <laughs> you know, I got one of the guys I work with. He actually has a an official drone hunting permit uh, framed and hanging on his wall. Why do people hate drones so much? I think they're the coolest <laughs> thing. I don't know. I recently got a a permit of my own. Uh, in fact, here I got my official 2014 2015 year zombie hunting permit. Uh, I'm just uh, put, posting that up on the uh, on the screen right there for our live viewers. But uh, in any case, guys, uh, you can join in on the fun like Nikki G just did. We have a voicemail line. It's 24-7. That means nobody's going to answer that call. Uh, that means all you have to do is dial these numbers, and you can leave us a message. 24-7, drunk or sober, it matters not. 530-675-4102. 530-675-4102. And if you don't like that sort of uh, action, well, head over to xjtalkshow.com or xjtalk.com. That little thing on the right side of the screen there, it's called SpeakPipe. It'll pop out and it'll say, hey, leave a message for us. And you guys can use that. Use the microphone in your phone or in your computer or plug one in. And uh, and you can leave us a message that way as well. And it actually sounds really, really good. It does. So we encourage you guys to join in on the fun and leave us those messages. Um, whether you're giving us some constructive criticism or whether you guys are giving us a little pat on the back or just want to say hi. Maybe you got somebody who's got a birthday or maybe you just rolled your Jeep. In fact, we want to hear all about what's going on in your Jeep world. And uh, you can do that any number of ways. Yeah, or maybe you've got a business and uh, you've got an event or a new product coming out. Feel free to call in and uh, use our voicemail uh, and tell us about it. Uh, tell us about the event. Uh, I'll just warn you that, remember, the show is recorded on Thursday. It's released on Monday. So if you're having a weekend event, uh, people aren't going to hear it on, the, on the, the, the audio-only podcast until Monday. And, of course, that's where we get the most listens. So just make sure you do it early enough to take that time delay the show release delay into account. Well, Josh, let's do some reviews. And unfortunately, we don't have any new reviews. But fortunately, we have an old review. <laughs> yeah, we'll go ahead and dig into the hat every now and again and pull one out from the Wayback Machine. And uh, and this one is back from March uh, earlier this year. So early spring, we had somebody pop in and, and give us a five-star rating and uh, and left a nice comment uh tony do you want to take lead on this one i want you to pronounce the name i don't want you you, you pulling the rug up from underneath me on that one 
<laughs> that's a that's a member on xjtalk.com i recognize the name but i can't pronounce that is that aberman aberman that's how i would uh how i would say it okay five five star review uh to the gentleman there on the left uh the xj talk podcast is one of my favorite podcasts on itunes ton of informative tech talk and news all about jeeps not just for xj owners i highly recommend this podcast for anyone with a jeep I like it so much, I've been going back to the early episodes and listening to those, too. I just wish those episodes were longer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, bless had, your heart. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some long ones back in the day. We had some very Oops. long ones. <laughs> <laughs> and what we've even had some interviews that have ran uh, rather long that we've split up into, into you know two, two shows worth, uh, yeah. you know, double segments, as it were. So, um, yeah, lots of good stuff there in the show archive, which is available for your guys' download a hundred percent gratis. That means free for all of you out there. That means you can go back and listen to the very, very first episode, number one, and uh, well, have yourselves a nice little laugh. <laughs> yeah, at my expense. <laughs> Gee whiz. Now let's talk about something really fun, Josh. Let's talk about the NoCo Genius Boost Charger and our Amazon You Bought What segment. But let's start with this. How powerful is the NOCO Genius Boost Lithium Jump Starter? We removed the battery from the 6-liter V8 engine and hooked boost directly to the battery cables. 400 amps of pure starting power packed into an ultra-safe, mistake-proof lithium jump starter. NOCO Genius Boost. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Man, with that bass in there, it needs Godzilla walking up, I think. Yeah, it does, right, right. Well, last week during our Amazon You Bought What segment, we ended up giving away one of these NoCo Genius Boost GB30 Jump Starter Packs. And these things are super cool, guys. They are jam-packed full of features. And uh, and like that little video said there, they are mistake-proof. That means if you, your girl, uh, your grandmother, mother-in-law, or the person next door... Well, it wouldn't uh, be the mother-in-law. Well, probably <laughs> Yeah. Want her to get a hold of one of these things now, would we? But it uh, means that you can hook this thing up bass backwards, and it's not going to fry the boost, and it's not going to fry the electrical system in your vehicle. It means it can sense whether or not you've been a little dirty and have hooked things up a little wrong, and uh, and it's not going to let you you know hurt anything, including this or the vehicle itself. And we've been giving these things. Well, we've given one away, and we're going to be giving away more. And, uh, well, we uh, are going to announce our winner. We announced the winner last show. That's episode 154. That was last week's show. Did it live during our Amazon You Bought What segment. And uh, we'll just go ahead and, and, and give that person another little bit of a shout-out. Tony, who was it that won? Well, I'll let you hear in his own words. Hello. Is this Dusty? Yes, sir. Hey, this is Tony with the XJ Talk Show, and I want to let you know that you've won the NOCO Genius Boost Battery Charger. Oh, no, man, that's awesome. I appreciate it. That's awesome. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. My biggest thing was, I think it'd be pretty cool for, you know, the cell phone charger anywhere because I'm constantly traveling, I'm flying, and hotel rooms, you can always need somewhere to charge a battery to charge your phone. Just wanted to th- call you and let you know that you won and to thank you for your story on xjtalk.com and on this uh, NOCO Genius Boost giveaway. This is Dusty, the winner of the NOCO uh, Genius Boost. Listen to the best talk show out there, the XJ Talk Show. 
<laughs> so that was uh, that was Dusty. He was our winner last week, and uh, he was a good sport to uh, do a yeah. quick call and uh, go through the uh, the whole uh, radio thing. You know, what's the best radio station out there? You know, in, in the, on the first take, Josh, I'll have to be honest about this. On the first take, he, he was like, uh, I said, you know, what's the best uh, XJ talk show out there? And he says, well, there's a couple, uh, but they don't really keep up with things. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they seem to trail off and they stopped it and I went okay you know Dusty you've seen these things you've heard these things on the radio before where they say what's the best radio station and you go you know KRB <laughs> you're just really excited because you just won something so could we do that and he goes oh I can do that yeah. <laughs> now Dusty was a good sport yeah. and uh, and couldn't be uh, couldn't have a better person for one of these things to go to Dusty I hope you end up uh, making use of this well actually I hope you don't have to make use of this that's what but, I told him um, yeah, maybe uh, you end up, uh, you know, being the hero and rescuing somebody in the uh, in the mall parking lot one of these days or something like that. In any case, you charge one of these bad boys up and you don't have to touch it again for a year. That's right. It will hold its charge for at least a year. That is full charge for at least a year. And then even after that, you can jumpstart a vehicle 20 times over or 20 different vehicles before this thing's going to start to go dead. So, guys, uh, if you want to get your hands on one of these no-code Genius Boost jump starters, all you got to do is head over to xjtalk.com slash noco. That's N-O-C-O. xjtalk.com slash noco. And uh, what we're going to want from you guys is a story about a precarious jump starting, maybe a dead battery that left <laughs> yeah, you. Make sure, there's a, make sure you add battery to that because a jump, precarious jump start could be something else. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know, want to know what you do with damp sponges and jumper cables in your bedroom. But, <laughs> and, Mel, uh, and Mel Gibson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, guys, we want we want a creative story. It doesn't have to be true, although the truth never hurts. Uh, but you know, go ahead and get those creative juices going. If you've entered before, and like I said, we've already given away one of these in the past, we're going to keep doing this until NoCo says no more. <laughs> but yes. uh, yeah, you guys can still get in the running. If you've entered before, enter again. Yeah. If you haven't entered get in on the action get yourself one of these all it takes is a creative writing story come on get back to those junior high roots and and uh well come up with a good story and who knows you might just win a no code genius boost jump starter yeah take just take a few minutes and uh, go in there and uh, uh post if you're not a member it's free all you have to do is just go over there and sign up uh then uh, then post away so uh i was just looking here real quick to uh, to pull up a story we got one from uh, from nikki g which obviously means it has to be good so let me read this one. let me read this one real quick i like this you because you mentioned imaginative have you read this one yet josh okay. oh no i haven't. You haven't my imagination is already running wild <laughs> one night on my way home from work traffic was bad so i decided to get off the highway and take some deserted back roads when i came to a railroad crossing my 1973 amc gremlin suddenly stalled and wouldn't restart <laughs> As usual, my crappy cell phone had no bars, so I prepared for a long walk to a phone to get some help. When suddenly a bright light appeared over the hill. I was saved, so I thought. That's when I realized it wasn't headlights from an oncoming car, but a strange craft that stopped overhead. There was a bunch of bright lights, and things got a little blurry. When I came to, I was on a white room strapped to a table. There were several aliens busily working around me. The short green kind, not the kind you find working at, in fast food. They were talking about blood samples and performing some much-needed dental whitening. <laughs> they, they were about to insert a probe when... Rrr, batteries died. 
had they had the no had they had the noco genius boost they would have been they would have charged that baby up like a like i'm sorry <laughs> like a uh charge that baby baby up and i would have had a hard time walking home on a good note they did hard. apologize for a lack of equipment maintenance and offered me a coupon for 10 percent off my next purchase at starbucks then dropped me off at walmart so all in all a good <laughs> it was a good time had by all some more than others <laughs> well at least they dropped you off there and not the quick lube <laughs> The Jiffy Lube, yeah. Actually, that would probably have been appreciated. Uh, little, little tender tender mercies. Anyway, I really enjoyed that story, and it gives you an idea. Although it could be, could be completely true. And I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I like it when uh, uh, when uh, uh, <laughs> when uh, Nikki peels back just a few layers of the foil. It, it, imagination comes through. And that's what we're asking you guys to do. Just a little imagination or a little recollection from yesteryear and uh, give us your dead battery jump-starting stranded woes story. And who knows, you just might get yourself into the running to win a no-code Genius Boost jump starter. So every two weeks, approximately, we try every two weeks to have an Amazon You Bought What segment. Not It's not this week. It's going to be next week. And that's when we're going to announce the next winner of the no-code Genius Boost jump pack so uh See, an entire you, week guys yep. an entire week to get that story up there so josh give them a, give them the quick synopsis on the amazon you bought what what's that all about what do they got to look forward to well all you guys got to do to participate in that it's a great way to support let me first back up here it's if you want to support this podcast you want to support xjtalk.com you want to support the xj talk show this is the way to do it above everything else guys we appreciate the subscriptions we appreciate the word of mouth but you guys really want to help us keep the lights on and everything else, keep bringing you guys new content and, well, giveaways and stuff like this, head over to Amazon.com. But you got to head over to XJTalkShow.com or XJTalk.com first. Click on that Amazon cl- that Amazon link right there on the main page. You'll see that Amazon banner. You click on that. It takes you right over to Amazon.com. You can buy any old thing majig that you want. You buying some Jeep parts? Great. You buying some crotchless panties for Valentine's Day? All the better. We get a little bit of a list of what you guys are buying. We don't get to see who's buying what, so that's where these curveballs come in, guys. We get a little bit of a kickback off of everything that you purchase. You're not going to spend a single dime more, not a red cent more than you ordinarily would. But Amazon has agreed to give us a small little kickback. They give us a list of what people are buying. Now, again, we don't get to see who's buying what. All we do is get to see the list. And we go ahead and pull a few items out of that list every week, well, every two weeks, rather, and uh, and have some fun with it, and and that's how you guys um, well can participate in the Amazon You Bought What segment, and that is the segment that we give away the Enelco Genius Boost Jump Starter in. Yeah, and we do that because uh, we thought that was a, a good segment to uh, promote the, uh, the the Genius Boost uh, battery jump chop, jump box, and also too you can actually purchase one of those things at Amazon. Very good, Tony. I was actually going to mention that to the listeners, that uh, if you guys don't win one of these and you still want one, these do make a great gift. They come in an awesome box, comes with everything that you need from a, uh, a cigarette lighter dongle to you know plug in, the, in, in, plug in the supplied USB cord. It comes with the jumper cables as well. Mm-hmm. It all fits in a very nice, small little package, and it is a very durable, makes a great gift. And you can buy these as well as many, many other NOCO products 
over through Amazon.com. I, I can't believe you would say if you want to buy one. Of course you want to buy one. You want to win one or you want to buy one. So go over to Amazon.com and uh, get one. And honestly, guys, if you buy one and you win one, you get a spouse, you're covered. You got them in both vehicles. So it's, 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 a, it's a win-win situation. Anyway, so next week we'll have our we'll announce our next winner of the NoCo Genius Boost battery jumper. XJTalk.com/NoCo. Oh yeah, gotta have that one. Let's see your stories. Like to have a good laugh. So anyway, uh, this is our uh, little uh, uh, little bit of uh, fun that we have with uh, Jeep tips, more uh, technical uh, prowess uh, from XJTalk.com, and this is actually brought to you by a gentleman that answers a lot of questions on xjtalk.com he's uh, usually the first one to jump in there and uh he give a nice uh usually a couple of questions to find out uh more information about uh the problem and then give you some ideas about what to try sometimes he just gives a, a dead spot on answer and uh, i would say uh i would estimate you could probably get about uh, 10 or 12 people jumping in with uh ideas about what uh what could be the problem? What could be the solution? And uh, we really appreciate that. We have a, a good, dedicated team of members that are there to uh, help uh, everybody just because they want to. Tony, if I may, I'd like to give an example of that, something that actually sure. happened today. Do we have time for that? Absolutely. So uh, we had a post uh, come up. Somebody had a 91 uh, Jeep Cherokee XJ, and, uh, and they were having some issues with their factory alarm system. Oddly enough, yeah, back in 91, there were XJs that had an OEM uh, security system. And, uh, and it had, was giving him some grief. Uh, he, he works early in the morning, and he'd come out every now and again and, and go to get in his Jeep and, and drive to work, and the factory alarm would go off. And, uh, and he couldn't figure out what was happening. Now, I, I couldn't get out of him whether or not he still had the, uh, the, the factory key fob or not, but Steve had jumped in. He, uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ, the man who we're about to hear from, um, he had given some insight as well, and and that one had kind of stumped him though. He had given some roundabout, uh, you know, very broad stroke uh, advice, and um, and I think somebody had even posted up, "Hey, where's Northwest 99XJ? He's usually, <laughs> uh, you know, pretty good about this sort of stuff." And that's the guy you want to ask. And indeed, I, I popped in there just a couple posts later, and uh, and helped the guy out. And within, like Tony said, I think it was seven or eight posts. It was less than ten. Uh, we had uh, all the answers that he needed uh, and got him on his way and, and got it to where he's not going to be waking up the entire neighborhood every morning on his way to work with that factory alarm going off. So um, it just goes to show, guys, And it, this was a newer member, hadn't had very many posts, joined the site, posted up a question about a, a problem that he was having with his Jeep. And, uh, and of course, all the text came out of the woodwork and we, and we helped him out really good. So just goes to show, guys. No such thing as a stupid question. Even you can get help regardless of what your problem is. Post it up. I guarantee you, you're going to get a solution very quickly. You know, I started the site uh, over five years ago now, and it still makes me feel really good when I see somebody come in there and ask a question and, and be pounced upon with help. You know, <laughs> yes. it's just, it's really, <laughs> yeah, it just really makes me feel good. I can ask a question and nobody will answer me, but you know, no. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's because I'm bad about, about taking advice. I just go, no, that ain't it. <laughs> that is not it. <laughs> Try again. So uh, anyway, we were going to get over to uh, this uh, Jeep tip segment for that uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ. And when I say that, I say that kind of quickly because we say it every week. Uh, but it's uh, a gentleman's name is Steve, and he's 4.3 LXJ 
on xjtalk.com. So if you go over there and you read some posts, you'll see 4.3 LXJ. And that is the gentleman that we're about to hear from right now. And now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. Welcome back to Jeep Archives and... The year is now 1948, just three years after the end of World War II, and we have yet another new model of Jeep that is introduced. This is the Jeepster, or the uh, letter designation is the VJ. And the uh, folks at uh, Willys are really no longer producing much of anything for a car. Um, they still have them available, but they're not doing anything. So they thought they would try to uh, bridge the gap between utilitarian and work vehicles to uh, a car and maybe try to really get back into the car market. So what they decided to do was market a vehicle that was aimed at uh, World War II veterans that loved to drive their Jeeps. So they came up with the Jeepster. Now, uh, Tony's got a couple of pictures to show you, and they're really kind of a sporty little thing. And they uh, are what's called a Phaeton. Now, nobody knows what a Phaeton is because the Jeepster was the last Phaeton ever made. A Phaeton is a open-air vehicle. You heard it. <laughs> this Jeep, you couldn't button up. <laughs> and... Uh, it really didn't take off too much uh, in the car market because of that. And it wasn't cheap either. They uh, didn't quite get the, uh, the cost of these things down. And in fact, if you wanted to buy one, you could pay the same price and get a Ford Super Deluxe convertible with roll-up windows and twice the motor in a V8 with a little more than twice the horsepower. Uh, the Ford uh, Flathead V8s had about 125 horsepower, and uh, if you wanted to do a little work on them and, and uh, use the Mercury crank and so forth, uh, you could get some more out of them. They went from uh, 229 cubic inches up to about uh, 249, I believe. So uh, significant 10% uh, horsepower gain, and all you had to do was change the crank in them. So the... Uh, the sporty vehicle never really caught on because it only had about uh, 55 horsepower. And uh, it just wasn't enough to uh, make it a sporty vehicle. But it did have some amenities that uh, are important in the uh, Jeep history. And uh, they wanted to make this a luxury vehicle. Of course, you couldn't roll up the windows because it didn't have any windows to roll up. But... There were some things that did appear for the first time in Jeep. White wall tires. Nice wide ones. Kind of like uh, you've seen them in movies. Hubcaps. Small hubcaps with bright trim rings. 
you may have seen these in old cars. What they did is they took a steel wheel, they would paint it some color, and then they would take a, uh, a small hubcap and cover the center, the lug nuts and so forth, and it said Jeep on it. And then they would uh, then put a trim ring around it so you would have uh, a chrome hubcap with whatever color the wheel was and then you would have a bright trim ring then you would start in with black on the tire with a wide white sidewall and moving all the way out to the tread then you would go back to black they're really kind of attractive and, and if you wanted to have a, a classy car in the day that's what you did unless of course you bought a set of moon hubcaps which was a full hubcap but that's another story they also had something new for Jeeps, sun visors. Where would we be without those? We take those for granted. First Jeep to have a sun visor was the, uh, the Jeepster. Deluxe steering wheel. I don't know what that means, but uh, it means kind of a fancier steering wheel. Wind wings. Ah, here's something you don't see much. We have wind wings on some of our XJs. Mine had them. Uh, and these were uh, holdovers from the Phaeton days, uh, the earlier Phaeton days, that is, when you could, on a hot day, direct the wind uh, either around you with your wind wing, or you could direct, turn it more and direct it directly in. And uh, since there was no air conditioning at this time, uh, that was as good as it got on a hot day. And it wasn't bad. You could drive down a uh, road at uh, 40, 50 miles an hour with the wind getting directed on you in a fair amount of force, and you could stay cool enough to manage it, even in a place like Texas where it gets nice and humid. Locking glove box. How about that? Didn't have those in Jeeps for quite a while, except for the Jeepster. Here's one, a cigarette lighter. They, uh, weren't in all vehicles. Those were quite an option in those days. And what's called a continental tire, we would call it a rear-mounted spare tire, and it had a canvas cover on it, something that uh, didn't show up in a lot of Jeeps uh, for, oh, quite some time. Um, it wasn't until the 70s that you could really buy a nice spare tire cover for your rear mounted spare tire on your CJ or whatever. I had one and uh, uh, had it uh, painted with uh, some fun stuff on the back of it by a friend of mine and uh, those were uh, considered quite the accessory in those days. And uh, there's one other thing that popped up. It had a three-speed transmission but that transmission had an overdrive on it. And uh, this was the uh, Borg Warner overdrive that later appeared in a lot of the Studebakers and got its name uh, kind of uh, changed to a recognizable icon, the Studebaker overdrive. But really it was just a Borg Warner overdrive that you could get on the back of a three-speed. And it was electrically shifted you could go down the road and, and shift it in with a little switch into overdrive, and then it had a speedometer switch on it. So if you got below a certain speed, it would shift out on its own. And uh, it was 
quite the innovation in those days. And it was uh, put on cars that you wanted to uh, uh, have some measure of fuel economy in. And uh, the Studebakers were, were kind of famous for that. They were kind of a working man's fancy car. But the Jeep, now what is significant about that is if you did a little bit of rewiring, your one of your first modifications that you could do on your Jeep, you could just bypass that speedometer and use the uh, electric, the shifted overdrive, just put a, a switch on it, and you could turn your three-speed transmission into a six-speed. And with those 55 Go Devil horses under the hood, that was a good deal. It did make it a little bit more sporty that way. All in all, only had about 10,000 of these things produced, and uh, they really didn't fly too well. So in 1950, Jeep uh, ended production on these vehicles. Uh, there was a few holdovers for 1951, and when they were gone, that was it. So with so few of them produced, now the Jeepster is quite the collectible item. And in fact, if you want to buy one that's in nice, decent shape, something that uh, you would want to take uh, to town or to a car show or something like that, you'll pay at least 40000 and up from there for one. So uh, they're quite collectible, and they started out expensive, and they didn't stop. They're still expensive. Well, great information, uh, Steve. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, bring us all up to date on uh, uh, what happened many, many years ago. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, I knew about Jeeps. I wanted a Jeep long before I got one, but I didn't really start learning about Jeeps until uh, 1998 when I bought my uh, my beloved uh, Cherokee. Oh, yeah. No, I've couple friends that are uh, doing some restorations. I got a guy that's uh, building a Jeepster right now, in fact, and, and he's doing a build on that that's a, uh, a full exterior restoration, but uh, uh, he's building up the suspension and everything else. He's actually moving the engine back to, to you know, start adjusting the weight distribution and all that, but he's building it for a sand vehicle, uh, you know, not necessarily a sand rail, but uh but, you know, to go out and tool around on the dunes with. So, um, very interesting build. It's probably going to be a couple, few more years before he's done with that still. But, but nonetheless, I love seeing the old CJs. I love seeing the old, um, the old willies. I love some flat fenders. You can see those out on the trails still crawling over rocks and stuff like that. Just, I love historic Jeeps. Any chance um, I get to go to Jeep shows around here in my area, I love seeing the guys pull out some of the old vintage war Jeeps and, and roll them in, you know, period correct. And, uh, and it's just really, really cool. I've always got a ton of pictures of these uh, these things as well. Even at an interview from a year or two back at a Jeep show, uh, a couple guys that brought in some old willies uh, that were that were full restorations and period correct, still had their letters and everything. So uh, really cool stuff. And I can't thank Steve enough for putting these Jeep archives together. Well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If my Jeep was running, that's what it would sound like, Josh. Yeah. I wish mine sounded like that. Mine's got a little bit of an exhaust leak, and uh, and I still haven't done anything about it yet, but that's about to change. 
Now, I've got a wheeling trip coming up, and I, I don't mean a trip per se. I'm just going to go out for the weekend. We've had some rather inclement weather here the last uh, couple few days. And, in fact, uh, I'm under some snow and ice right now as we speak. Cool. Uh, and, yeah, no, also it, it did a lot of ice raining today, uh, lots of sleet and and uh, and freezing rain and stuff like that. It's uh, uh, It came in a little bit later than it was supposed to, and that means that the upper elevations are going to have about a good foot of snow. So I am very, very anxious to go out and uh, and put my Jeep through some snow. I'll be one of the first guys to go do some snow wheeling in my area. So s- this Sunday, that'll be the day after, the day before this uh, this podcast is released, and uh, and I'll be up in the woods and uh, and tooling around. Gonna make it a quick day trip. I, you know, um, when you start getting the snow wheeling and stuff, you don't get very far very fast, uh, and, and so I'll probably end up just uh, limiting it to a couple of trails. Probably be you know a better part of the uh, of the morning and, and early afternoon, and then come back down and and uh, and call it a day. But uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now, once that is done, then I'm going to be pulling the Jeep back in the garage. I take it to the car wash first and uh, and spray off all the mud and and snow and ice and all that stuff off of it. Um, get it cleaned up a little bit, pull it back into the garage, and pop the hood open. And I am going to start tearing stuff out of the engine compartment. And uh, and primarily the intake manifold and uh, throttle body and, and all that stuff. I've got that bored out throttle body that needs some components to get put on it and put in. Um, let's see what else I've got. Uh, well, that's that's the big the big new part, as it were. Um, but I also have uh, the, the the header leak that I have to address. And uh, and that means the intake manifold's got to come off. The fuel rail's got to come off. The header's got to come out. And uh, and then I'm gonna weld that bastard up myself because uh, I am tired of hearing that damn exhaust leak. And and uh, I want my Jeep to sound like what you guys just heard that Jeep pulling up to the campfire. You know I'm gonna recommend to you, uh, and I think I probably already had once uh, told you this, and uh, I think you were gonna go your direction anyway. But uh, for the for the other people listening, I would recommend getting another uh, exhaust manifold. Uh, I well, do not I, believe a, that you're ever going to be successful in keeping that from cracking because of the design. So I've got I've got the original one. It's on the side of my house still. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I, I and I actually thought about that. I, I thought about well, you know, I've got, I still got the original exhaust manifold. I could just go ahead and weld that up. Um, I, I tried using some of that quick steel or whatever. It's like a high temperature JB weld type stuff. And it worked for all of about two weeks, I think, before right. the crack uh, ended up working itself. It's, uh, it's just so dirt. much work taking that off and, and, and juggling and that, the intake and everything. That's the only reason I haven't uh, done anything about it you know, for, for a while. Now, you guys know that the earlier this uh, this summer, early this spring, I had my motor mounts go out on me again. And, and, uh, and, and that's what ended up cracking this APN header that I have in there right now. Um, I'd like to keep that because I did notice a little bit of a performance, um, increase from the stock one that I had put in there. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to keep this if I can, now if it's, if I can't get the, uh, if I can't get the, the MIG, uh, the, the tip of the MIG gun in there and weld it up myself. Well, I've got an exhaust shop. That's all of a whopping five minute drive from me, I think. Right. So I'll take it down there. They've done that's some gonna work. That's going to be loud without a, without an exhaust manifold. Well, I'll take the Honda, of course. Smartness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have them, you know, I'll drop it off, say, hey, I'll pick it up when you guys close and, uh, or, you know, before you guys close and, right. uh, and, and leave it at that. Um, they've done work for me in the past. They welded up my, uh, my, my glass pack for me. Um, they, they are the ones who built my custom downpipe for me when I was redoing the exhaust. Um, I've sent many a Jeeper around this area to them. 
uh, they do some great work, and uh, and I'd be more than happy to to call them out. It's Ed's Muffler. They've got three shops here in the Portland metro area. Uh, good guys. They do good work. They're locally owned, and uh, and they've been in business for many, many, many years. Is there anybody named Ed actually working there? Yeah, yeah. And cool. this guy, I tell you what, <laughs> I, the guy's like sixty years old, and and he's straight out of the. He he looks like an old fifties greaser. Um, but he's got a little bit of disco to him. He's got he's got this big Jufro, and and the guy is just a character unto himself. Couldn't be a nicer fellow though. Yeah. I mean, I will give you the shirt off his back uh, to to make sure you you know you leave his shop happy. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, good good people there. I'll take it down there if I can't weld it up myself. But uh, but regardless, um, that exhaust leak is going to get taken care of. But I've got to get some wheeling in, damn it, because it's yeah. been since July since I've been out. So yeah, I gotta get I gotta get some wheeling in. At least get the get the tires wet and uh, and get up in the snow a little bit and uh, take a few pictures. Well, uh, speaking of pictures, I have a few to share tonight with my uh, my engine, my uh, two thousand dollar plus engine, and and it was it's, it probably wasn't two thousand. Uh, I bought a lot of extra stuff to, to go around with it, not just the engine stuff, but I probably spent over $2,000 on this, uh, this engine that, that stopped working on, uh, on me, uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I guess I was uh, coming off of, uh, uh, a, a flyover from, uh, highway 99 to I-10 and, uh, I started hearing this, uh, really strange noise. I wouldn't say it was loud, but it was just a really strange noise and I wasn't able to produce any power from the engine really to, to keep me going. So um, the uh, the idea was that I figured there was there was nothing good that had happened with uh, with the engine. So uh, Matt uh, and I uh, developed a plan to uh, do a freshening up of the ninety eight the original ninety eight engine that had one hundred seventy seven thousand miles on it, and uh, do kind of a pseudo rebuild on it and uh, stick that one back in there. Uh, and uh, so we went through that process and uh, through the through that process of taking out the the old damaged engine, um, I uh, well. As I stated last week, uh, or last time I talked about this, which I think was last week, Matt said, if you're going to paint that head, put some spark plugs in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought it only made sense to go get the uh, the plugs out of the damaged engine. And uh, one of the first things that I found w- when I got to cylinder number five was this. Now, some of the comments that were made on Facebook was, you melted it? Uh, you should run a cooler plug and uh, ex- a couple of other comments along those lines. And uh, I said, uh, no, it wasn't, uh, it didn't melt. It was uh, smashed. So something literally mashed the end of the spark plug uh, and putting the, uh, uh, the anode and the uh, cathode uh, together. So it was even a little hard to remove uh, because I think the, uh, the little metal piece, the cathode, was uh, uh, stuck in the hole in such a way where it didn't want to come out. So uh, after I showed Matt this, it's like, hey, Matt, look at this. He goes, that's not right. <laughs> and it's like, no, I don't think that's right at all. And, and I said, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it already. I don't know which, I don't remember which one cylinder I brought it out of. So uh, uh, I knew it was one of the back ones, and I knew it wasn't number six. So it was either a four or five. Anyway, so we started. Uh, we pulled the valve cover off of uh, the uh, the head in the damaged engine, and had a quick look. And uh, in this picture, you can't really see it, uh, but it's uh, down towards the back there. You can see one of the rockers is a little higher than the other ones. I was like, oh no, there's been something definitely bad 
go wrong here. So <laughs> we went a little further, uh, identifying the uh, cylinder five as being the one that had the rocker a little high. We pulled the uh, the rockers off, and um, you could see that there's uh, one valve uh, that is a little higher than the others. So uh, we said, well, you know, we're here to take this motor out, and we're uh, we need to swap this stuff in. But you know, let's spend a little time and take this head off and see what happened. <clears throat> so we took the head off, <laughs> and there was no valve. It's gone. It is completely gone. Oh, gee. So drop the pan, and uh, oh look, there's a mushroom. Why is there a mushroom in my oil? And mmm, why didn't I bring some bread for it to go in that gravy? Yep, catastrophic, the catastrophic failure, for sure. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I uh, I'm selecting these images, but I'm not putting them up for you can see them. So anyway, here's the the rockers, and then here's the the valve where you can see the valves a little higher than the other one. Yeah, that would have been a, a big red flag for me is the uh, the valve, one one valve sticking up a little bit higher than all the rest. And, yeah. uh, hey, what's going on down there? And, and then, uh, yeah, that, and, and, and of course that spark plug. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then here's the, the head with the missing uh, valve. Now, of course, the valve was in there, just not the top. And then there's the uh, there's the valve. And now there was uh, you can see there's quite a bit of uh, debris or debris as I always say uh, there in the pan. And uh, you might be wondering where that uh, debris came from. Well, this is what it came from. <clears throat> nope, we didn't take the piston head out. It wasn't there. All you're seeing is the rod and the wrist pin because that's all that was left. And you might say. Was there any cylinder damage? Why, yes, there was. <laughs> I would imagine there would have to be some cil cylinder damage. So I'm, I'm guessing the, the, the cylinder walls were a little scratched up, a little marred, maybe a, maybe a little ridge at the top or something like that. Uh, no ridge at the top, but there was a hole about the size of your thumb Whoa. in the sidewall. Jeez. And if, uh, if you didn't see enough debris... Uh, here is uh, the uh, the piston, uh, and one of the mains there in, is also in the picture. So the the piston debris is kind of there in the in the uh, the front and the, the main in the back. One of the mains in the back. The crank looks fine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, a, a, a actually the head and the crank look fine, and the the five other pistons look fine. I'm sure a machine shop would have to make that determination. So uh, we dug around a little bit more and. Uh, looked uh, looked at the cam because i was wondering if the uh, this uh, fancy crane cam that only has twenty five thousand miles on it uh, would also be sal salvageable and the answer to that would be a negative ghost rider it is dead now you probably can't really tell from this picture but if you see looking at the lobe and i apologize to our audio only uh, listeners but uh, you know you can always watch the show on youtube um if you uh, see the lobe there to the left, it's pretty much gone. There's no more tip to that lobe. And yes, it is on cylinder number five, the one with the missing piston. The lifter that was sitting on top of that lobe is the lifter to the right, the one that has the little circle and the nice uh, 
uh, concave surface. So um, I've heard uh, from various people saying, oh, you got to put zinc in there. Zinc was in there. You got to break it in properly. It was broken in properly. Um, the initial uh, situation here was a ticking noise. Uh, and it continued for a couple of months. Uh, and I was told as long as it didn't get any worse than just a, a you know, moderate ticking noise, don't worry about it. Um, my personal belief is the reason for the failure of this engine is that cam. And yeah, I have sworn I I'll never that. buy a cam from that manufacturer ever again. I had two cams in there, and they both basically did the same thing. The second, the first one we found out after first startup, it was making some weird noises, doing some weird things. And the lifters from that same manufacturer were different sizes. They literally were, some were taller than others. Mm. Yeah, those these pictures are just amazing. Uh, I mean, the, the wear on that lifter, I've never seen anything like that before. The amount of debris down in the oil pan, unbelievable mm -hmm. can't i mean it just just i mean just destroyed that piston and that valve and uh here's my little uh my little memento or pimento if you if you like pimento cheese like i do um yeah. <laughs> it's just uh there is the the thing that was making the noise and causing the engine not to run and the and I suspect this is what probably what mashed the uh, the end of the spark plug. That is the uh, the top or the bottom of the valve. It's the the part that closes against the head, to, you know, to keep the gases from going out or the uh, fuel air mixture from going in. So that's my oh, little. This is my two thousand dollar valve top or bottom, depending on how you look at it. As I as I refer to it, the mushroom. <clears throat> so yeah, I hate the the, the video delay. I'm yeah. still I'm still middle still lifter. waiting for it, huh? So there it yeah, is. You, there we go. yeah, you haven't seen that, have you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I haven't seen this yet, so I'm like, I want to see it. I want to see. It, I want to see. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I don't want I don't want to lose that. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> look at that! Jeez. So yeah, uh, there was this, some there was some is, uh, uh, some nice news because we I, I spent Friday and Saturday uh, over at Matt's shop uh, and uh, we we had the other engine ready uh, and uh, here's a little video of uh, of uh, the first start Yeah, there was quite a bit of steam uh, coming out of uh, the exhaust system, and of course that was because of all the water that was dumped uh, into the uh, uh, into the cylinder while it was, uh, you know, uh, while it was cruising down I-10 at 55 miles an hour, slapping the hell out of a piston, breaking it apart, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> so, uh, had a bit of bad news. Uh, we were oh. letting the engine run, and uh, a ticking noise. Very, very slight ticking noise started occurring. And after maybe 15 minutes of running at, at idle, and I was like, uh-oh. And as I said, uh-oh, it started getting a little louder. And a little louder. It didn't get any louder than the other engine. And certainly there wasn't a big plume of uh, steam or anything like that occurred. 
but we that's sh- good. Yeah, but we shut it down nonetheless. So uh, Matt was out at his uh, his shop tonight to see if he couldn't figure out what that was, and he thought, well, it may have been the rockers because we used the the rockers off the old engine, uh, the old new engine, the one that was damaged, because they were brand new. I mean, brand a whole new set of rockers is what we had on there. So he went ahead and swapped out that uh, that rocker with a, one of the old sets. He was thinking that maybe the rocker did take a hit from you know all this carnage, and uh, tightened that thing down. And uh, well, here's the results of, uh, of that. And you can see there's much less steam coming out. So the a lot of the steam has uh, has burned off. A lot of the water that's in the exhaust system has burned off. So uh, tick is gone. Engine sounds great. Uh, it's having a bit of a, a starting issue. Uh, about every uh, fourth start, uh, Matt thinks that it probably is just some uh, metal uh, shavings and stuff on the CPS, giving uh, some confusing readings to the, uh, uh, the, uh, the computer. So I'm actually not going to run any uh, risks. I'm just going to pick up a new uh, CPS, and uh, we'll clean that other one up, and I'll stick it in the glove compartment uh, so that I'll have a spare uh, in case uh, my CPS goes bad on me. Uh, also, too, uh, I do have a bad O2 sensor. The upstream O2 sensor is not reporting uh, the oxygen levels correctly, and, and that probably was because it was running at, what, 2,000 degrees, and they got doused by this big flood of water. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so are you going to replace just the 102 or are you going to do them both at the same time? I'm going to replace just the one. Uh, as we all know, the second one isn't that critical. It's not uh, used so much by the, the computer. And uh, since I have uh, the OBD2 uh, Bluetooth scanner and the Torque application on my, uh, my phone, and I have monitored the O2 levels in the past, uh, I'll just run it and uh, see what the, the, you know, see if both O2s are, are performing properly because the, the downstream, you know, will trail the upstream, uh, and if, as long as it's trailing that one accurately, then I'll just leave it leave it alone. Uh, but I, I am going to buy a new CPS and uh, take that up there, and uh, we'll swap that out, uh, and that will be next, uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So I actually may be bringing it home um, the the following weekend. So it may be home in time for Thanksgiving, Josh. Oh, doesn't that sound sweet? <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for a gravy bath. <laughs> oh, gravy. <laughs> well, that's a that's some that's a good note to go out on with some good news there, Tony. I I, I couldn't be more happy for you. I I knew that you were uh, facing one heck of an uphill struggle um, with this, but you're in good hands. I know uh, Matt Smornberg is uh, um, is very adept at, at this sort of stuff, yep. and uh, and obviously with you being out there virtually every weekend, um, you know, helping out and and uh, and everything else. I knew this project was just going to go along. It's just going to be a matter of time. This sort of thing is always time consuming, but it's one of those necessary evils, especially when you know stuff like this happens. So unfortunately, uh, it's unfortunate about that about that crane cam issue. Uh, just some word of advice out there for you guys who are uh, maybe building a stroker or uh, uh, maybe doing a rebuild on another four liter in your garage, something like that. Maybe staying away from that crane cam uh, purchase would be a good idea. Tony didn't have good luck with his. Uh, two of them, yeah. Yeah, two of them. So uh, just goes to show uh, maybe it's not all in the name. 
It's a shame too because uh, I used crane cams way back in the day when I was running uh, 327s and 283s and uh, a lot of fun. I, I never tear, tore up a crane cam, but of course they may not have been in there long enough because before I broke a main. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you never can tell. Anyway, very sad. And uh, this engine that I, I've got back in there is is uh, mostly stock, just a refreshing of the of the rings and the rod bearings and uh, some some nice orange paint. So if you head over to xjtalk.com, you can see the pictures uh, and the, the, the videos that, that I've shot. Uh, all these pictures that I showed tonight are over there on my post. Just look for Motoroy, and uh, I think it was called It's Sad When a 4.0 Dies. That's exactly what it's called. And guys, if you're doing an engine rebuild in your garage, we want to hear about it. Maybe you got a stroker that you just put in your Jeep, or maybe you've got a big Jeep build weekend coming up. Well, we want to hear all about it, guys. Give us a call, 530-675-4102. Even if it's just to leave us your contact information so that we can get a hold of you, and maybe even do a little bit of an interview or something like that. We'll get you on the show. We'll get your Jeep story on the show, nonetheless. Guys, head over to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com. Make sure you click on the Amazon banner there. If you guys are going to be doing some online shopping, tell your friends about that as well. And, of course, you guys can find us over on Facebook, kind of. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Twitter, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com, iTunes, and, of course, our YouTube channel where we're broadcasting every week, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Central, both there as well as XJTalkShow.com. Yep, yep. You guys have a great Jeep week. Perfect. Perfect.